Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Let's do this. Thanks for hanging out. It's the Danny Parkin Show. What holiday weekend? We're still here. I hope you're enjoying yours. You're driving safe out there. Maybe you're in the back of a ride share. You're checking out the show on the radio.com app. Wherever you are, just know your boy Park Park appreciates you. 855-212-4227 if you want to get in. At Danny Parkins on Twitter. My man Ryan Hickey, the executive producer around here. In an hour, Barton Simmons, one of the top college guys at CBS Sports. Super knowledgeable. We'll talk about where the parody has gone in this sport and if it's making it worse for wear. That's in an hour. My man Mike Meltzer will let us know what the hell's going on in Houston with the Texans. About 1240 Eastern. But it's you and me hanging out into the morning as we take you in to Labor Day across this great country. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. I'm here in the great city of Chicago where the NFL will begin its season this Thursday. The Super Bowl champs don't get to open up the season. We open with Bears and Packers for the centennial season of one of the charter franchises, the 100th year of the Chicago Bears. So college is back in full force. I've already lost money in excruciating fashion as I had Oregon plus four against Auburn. I have no idea how that lost. Gus Malzahn. Can someone teach that guy how to go for two, please? My God. He's coaching against his own best interest the entire game. Somehow bails himself out, doesn't even know it. But that nowhere near approaches the brutality of having Northwestern plus six and a half yesterday against Stanford. My God, we wait all year to bet on football. It comes back and it rips your heart out like that. And it's like, why did I miss it so much? And why can I not wait to do it again? It's just the best and the worst. That's what football season is, but mostly the best. So without further ado, I need to get on the record because I know you all will hold me to this very, very carefully. We'll get into all the stories of the day, including which running backs I would and would not pay coming up in just a little bit. But first, can I get some NFL music, please? Yeah, buddy. Here we go. The predictions for the Danny Parkin Show for the 2019-2020 NFL season we will start in my hometown of Chicago where you can call me a homer if you want 
But the Bears, Packers, and Vikings all have virtually identical odds to win the NFC North with the Lions as a long shot. I will take the Bears to repeat, even though replicating the turnover differential of last year and the health of last year will be nearly impossible. They have a first-place schedule, and the Bears will surprise exactly no one. I am picking the Bears for a few reasons. One, they have the best unit of any team in the division. That is the Bears' defense. You go offense-defense of all four teams, what is the top-ranked unit of the, of the four teams? The Bears' defense. I also believe the Bears have the best head coach in the division and the reigning NFL coach of the year, Matt Nagy. And whatever regression happens in turnovers and health, I believe will be overcome by the step forward that Mitch Trubisky will take in year three in the NFL, year two of Matt Nagy's system. Plus, you add David Montgomery, who looks like a star in the making, so they actually have a running game this year. I like the Bears to come out of the NFC North. The NFC East, I did not have a problem with at all. The Eagles are winning that division. The Giants stink, Washington stinks, and Dallas has a bad quarterback and a bad coach. The Eagles have the best quarterback and the best coach in the division. Carson Wentz is healthy. The Eagles are winning that division. NFC South is a division of tremendous parity. I like Bruce Arians going to Tampa, but that would be too much too soon. I hated what I saw from New Orleans down the stretch last year. Father time undefeated could get Drew Brees this year. The Panthers already have injury concerns with Cam Newton. Very solid team, but I have huge questions about his ability to stay healthy through 16 games. The Falcons were decimated by injuries last year, but I believe when healthy are the most talented team in that division. I got the Falcons coming out of the NFC South. The NFC West is tough to pick like the NFC North, which is why both of my wildcard teams are coming, one from the West and one from the North. I think it's very close between the Seahawks and the Rams. I gave the edge to Russell Wilson and the team that just acquired Jadavion Clowney. You upgrade your pass rush, and you've got the best quarterback between the two teams. I'll give the slight edge to Seattle over the Rams when they've got the Todd Gurley injury and more time for the rest of the NFL to figure out Sean McVay's offense. The fact that they go to the Super Bowl last year. Listen, I think they're back in the playoffs. I think the Rams are very good. I think the Seahawks are good. I will take the Rams and the Packers as my NFC wildcard teams. There's no way we've heard the last from Aaron Rodgers. And I believe that there's addition by subtraction in getting rid of Mike McCarthy, who is one of the three worst coaches in the NFL. I don't know if Matt LaFleur is any good. I just know it's virtually impossible for him to be worse than Mike McCarthy. So you got the Packers, the Rams as your wild card, Bears, Eagles, Falcons, Seahawks, your division winners in the NFC. To the AFC, we start again in the North. I'm buying the hype with the Cleveland Browns. I like Baltimore. I like Pittsburgh. I like Cleveland. I like all three of those teams. I think it's going to be a really, really tough division. However, you give... Just look at the skill position players. Right? Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt's coming middle of the season. You have Nick Chubb, 
who is a rock-solid running back. Defensive side of the ball, Denzel Ward, awesome corner last year. Miles Garrett as a pass rusher. Talent at all three levels of the defense. Skill position talent all over the field. I'm a big believer in Baker Mayfield. I believe the Browns win the AFC North this year in a wildly competitive division. AFC East, it's never competitive. Why would it start now? The Patriots will win the division. I don't think I need to say anything more. My longest shot on the board. I got him at four and a half to one to win the AFC South. That was before the Andrew Luck news and before whatever the hell the Texans have been doing. We'll get into that a little bit later on, even though I think the Texans might have made themselves better this year. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to come out of the AFC South. Now, before you go crazy... Yet Jacoby Brissett for the Colts, and I think the Colts are a really talented organization, but the Andrew Luck news, just too much to overcome. Even though Brissett has been practicing with the ones, I think that is just too much to overcome. And the Texans, there's a lot of dysfunction there. That could blow up in their face in a big way, although I love Laramie Tunsil to protect Deshaun Watson. When Deshaun Watson has protection, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They've got elite talent with Merciless and Watt and Watson and Hopkins. I just don't think it's enough overall talent. You add in Tunsil. I I get it. I understand why it's an upgrade. We'll talk more about them later. But Jacksonville's defense, you got Yannick Njoku, maybe the best player in the NFL no one knows about, Marcel Darius, Calais Campbell, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, and A.J. Bouye. That defense is loaded. And they get competent quarterback play now with Nick Foles instead of Blake Bortles. Leonard Fournette in a prove-it-or-lose-it year. I think the Jaguars surprise people and win the AFC South. If you want to weigh in on these predictions or make your own, you can. 855-212-4CBS. Bears, Eagles, Falcons, Seahawks, Rams, Packers in the NFC. Rams and Packers as the wild cards. Browns, Patriots, Jaguars, AFC North, East and South champs. AFC West... It's the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to flirt with NFL records on offense this year. And their defense can't be much worse. And with Frank Clark and the Honey Badger, I think they actually got a little bit better. Even though they lost D. Ford and Justin Houston. So I think the Chiefs defense is better. And their offense will be as good, if not better, than it was last year overall. AFC wildcards. I like the Chargers. And the Ravens. I think the Steelers lost a little bit too much. And the Ravens, what I love about what they're doing, they're zigging when everyone else is zagging. Playing the Raiders or the Ravens this year is going to be brutal to game plan against. Lamar Jackson's speed, triple option, running the ball 40 times a game, 40 minutes of ball possession. Like I, They're going to just make you play their game. I think the Ravens are going to be a really, really tough matchup this year. I like their over at eight wins. I've got them as a nine or a 10 win team, but the Browns is a 10 or 11 win team. So I think the AFC North is competitive. I don't think the Steelers will be bad by any means, but I gave the slight edge to the Ravens over the Steelers for the sixth and final wild card in the AFC. My Super Bowl. It is Obi-Wan Kenobi against Luke Skywalker. The mentor versus the mentee. Andy Reid against Matt Nagy. Chiefs win the Super Bowl over the Bears. 
You could call me a homer. I used to work in Kansas City. I currently work in Chicago, born and raised Chicago in Chicago area. But I'd love to pick the Bears, but I can't do it. Pat Mahomes, I've got him going back-to-back for MVP this year. His team is just loaded. It's by far the best quarterback talent Andy Reid's ever had. Andy Reid got the most out of Donovan McNabb. He got the most out of Mike Vick. He got the most out of Jeff Garcia. He got the most out of Kevin Cobb. He got the most out of Alex Smith. And then he finally gets an elite quarterback talent in Pat Mahomes. And he puts up one of the three greatest seasons a quarterback's ever had. 50 and 5,000, only been done by Brady and Manning. He did it in his first full year as a starter. Because they didn't know if Tyreek Hill was going to be eligible this year, they drafted a wide receiver in the second round. Travis Kelsey is healthy. So you got Kelsey, you've got Hill, you've got Watkins, you've got Hardman, the kid they took in the second round. Damian Williams, you've at running back, they just signed Shady McCoy. Darwin Thompson, plenty of depth at running back. Left tackle, Eric Fisher, former number one pick. Right tackle, Eric, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, best right tackle in the NFL. Continuity with the coaching staff and Andy Reid. I think the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. I think Pat Mahomes is your MVP, and he backs up what he did last year. Rookie of the year on offense, Kyler Murray. Rookie of the year on defense, I didn't mention him. Big part of the reason why I like the Jaguars in the AFC South. Josh Allen, the kid from Kentucky, looked amazing in the preseason. He is ridiculous. Again, think about that Jaguars defense. Njoku, Darius, Campbell, Jack, Ramsey, Bouye, and then the seventh overall pick, Josh Allen. That is just a ridiculous defense. I think they're going to be a top three defense in the NFL. Which means my coach of the year came down to either Freddie Kitchens or the Browns. I got them winning the AFC North, but they won seven games last year. My coach of the year, Doug Marone of the Jaguars. Hey, if you can get the Bills to the playoffs with no quarterback, you can get the Jaguars to the AFC Championship with no quarterback. You can get Syracuse to a bowl game with a Greg Robinson quarterback, and you can get Greg Robinson's quarterback drafted in the fourth round like you did Ryan Nassib. Then you actually give him a quarterback. Yeah, dude can coach. He's got a great defense. He's not expected to win his division. He's going to win it. It's usually a worst to first type of award. I got Doug Marone as my NFL coach of the year. So there we go. Bears, Eagles, Falcons, Seahawks, Browns, Pats, Jags, and Chiefs are your division winners. Rams and Packers and Chargers and Ravens, your wildcard teams. Chiefs over Bears in the Super Bowl. Mahomes, the MVP. Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, your offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Doug Marone, your NFL coach of the year. 855-212-4227. Those are my predictions. Want to hear yours. Plus, coming up, which running backs I would and would not pay big money to. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I just gave you my predictions for the 2019 NFL season. 
Bears, Eagles, Falcons, and Seahawks, your division winners in the NFC, Rams and Packers, your wild card teams, Browns, Patriots, Jaguars, and Chiefs, your division winners in the AFC, Chargers and Ravens, your wild card teams in the AFC. I got Chiefs over Bears in the Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes, your MVP, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, your offensive and defensive rookie of the year with Doug Marone as your coach of the year. 855-212-4227 is the number to rebut or make your predictions as well. Barton Simmons at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. I also want to address this idea of running backs in the NFL. There are all sorts of reports that the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott are close to a deal. I get it. The Cowboys think they're a Super Bowl contender. I disagree, but they think they are. They're certainly not if they don't have Zeke Elliott. So they've backed themselves into a corner where they've got a bunch of cap space and they've got a bunch of marquee players who need money. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott. And then the Chargers have said, hey, we want Melvin Gordon back, but if not, go ahead and uh, you can get traded. You can look for a trade yourself if you'd like to. Here's the truth. I wouldn't pay any running back big money. I wouldn't draft a running back in the top five. I wouldn't pay a running back when they got into this spot. Now, the Cowboys have backed themselves into it, so they have to pay Zeke. But you can find an Alvin Kamara in the third round. Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing a couple of years ago. Third round pick. You can find a great running back late, just like you can find a great running back early. Now, obviously, the higher you draft someone, the easier it is. But same goes for defensive ends and cornerbacks and quarterbacks and wide receivers and left tackles. So I would draft premium positions at the top of the draft and go cheap on the most injured position in sports. We saw it when Le'Veon Bell held out. James Conner came in, had 1,500 all-purpose yards. We saw it when Kareem Hunt got dismissed from the Chiefs. Damian Williams came in and was a solid contributor. If you have a good system, average to above average running back talents can produce in that system. I would not have drafted Saquon Barkley where they did. When the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley second overall, he immediately got the second most guaranteed money of any running back in the league. Adrian Peterson was the only one above him. And now Saquon Barkley lived up to it in one year. But the only way I would draft a running back at the top is actually if I was in a situation like the Cowboys were when they took Zeke. Because they had their quarterback. They had their line. They thought that they had a team. Romo had been hurt. They ended up with the fourth pick. So they thought, hey, we had an elite running back talent in a freakish year where we thought we were actually better than that. So let's add a great talent at a luxury position and go make a run. And then they did. They just did it with Dak Prescott when he went 12-4 and four because Romo got hurt again in the preseason. But if you are in a fluke situation and you got the opportunity to add an elite running back at the top and that can be the thing that you think puts you over the top, cool. But building around it, it's a position that comes with too much risk. Look at what just happened with the Rams and Todd Gurley. They paid him. They reset the market. Knee tendonitis at 24. He's going to have chronic knee issues for the rest of his career. So I wouldn't pay running backs. I wouldn't address, uh, uh, invest high draft capital in running backs. Cowboys have backed themselves into a corner. 
I don't think the Chargers have. I think the Chargers can say, we got a good situation. We got a good system. Melvin Gordon, you're a very nice pe- player, but we're not paying you big money. You can hold out if you want. We can try to trade you if you want and get something back, but Austin Eckler and company will be just fine. Is Austin Eckler as good as Melvin Gordon? Of course not. But will he st- still be productive in that system with or without Melvin Gordon? Of course he will. So I wouldn't pay big running backs. And I think that the teams that do invest heavily in that position are making a mistake. The Patriots are an outlier. The Patriots are top 10 in the NFL in salary cap committed to running back. They drafted Sony Michelle at the end of the first round last year. But they get Tom Brady to play below market value, and their whole team is the product of a system. So they don't really invest in elite talent at any position on the field. So the Patriots are the outlier. The other teams that pay big money for their running backs, they're not exactly the organizations that you're thinking, oh, wow, I really want to model myself after the Cardinals. David Johnson, hell of a player. Don't want to pay big money to that position, though. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Georgia and welcome Rick to the Danny Parkins Show. What's up, Rick? Hello, Rick. Excuse me. Yeah, this is Rick. I was yes, you are Rick. The, uh, yes. the comment about Andy Reid and the, the, the thing about the team, his team, and I was thinking he is one of the most unsung head coaches of all time, but he has a very so-so record in the playoffs. Uh, his, his great se- season records are, are great, but he has pedestrian playoff records, and I'm not sure that he has had a change of mind in his approach to make a difference in, in playoff advancement. Uh, are you seeing something different that I'm seeing? Well, I don't believe that just because someone hasn't won the big game, so to speak, in the playoff, that means that they are incapable of it. Like, I don't believe that because the calendar turns to January, Andy Reid forgets how to coach. You know, Andy Reid lost a playoff game with the Chiefs when they were up 38-10 to 10 against the Colts. Andrew Luck executed the comeback. Jamal Charles had a concussion. If Jamal Charles doesn't get hurt in that game, the Chiefs win. That had very little to do with Andy Reid's coaching, though his clock management was a little suspect. Uh, he's lost in the AFC playoffs to the Patriots a number of times. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady beat a lot of people. He lost in the Super Bowl with the Eagles again. So he, like he, he's losing in high profile spots, man. Like at some point, it's not that you forget how to coach. It's just only one team can win it every year. Andy Reid is absolutely a good enough coach to win the Super Bowl. I believe that wholeheartedly. I hope so. I, I would, I would love to see him do it. I really would because he's paid his dues. Yeah, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you for making it. You know, I think it's just one of the things that when I talk, I think Andy Reid's the second best coach in the NFL. But sometimes when I talk about, you know, that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the NFL, people are like, he only has one ring. Tom Brady has six. Yeah, it's true. But I don't think that you need to have a ring to be a great coach. I don't I try not to do my analysis of the ultimate team game strictly by the results of one game that not everybody can get to. Football is a team game. There are a lot of circumstances that factor in. Think about Deshaun Watson right now in Houston. Dude's never going to play with a first round pick because his head coach lucked into the general manager role and he keeps trading him away. So is that Deshaun Watson's fault? A lot of this is circumstance. 
So all of you out there who are doing your analysis by this guy wins a ring, quarterback win-loss record. Nah, man, that's not how it works. You know who has the best win-loss percentage over the last, like, five, six years? It was, I think it's Brady won, I want want to say Rodgers was two before last year and Alex Smith was three. No one would say Alex Smith is the third best quarterback in the NFL. But he won a lot of games. Really good situation. Really good coach. So there's a lot more to it than just have you won a ring before. Sean McVay loses in the Super Bowl last year. Gets there in his second year. Clearly good enough, right? Just didn't win. Didn't beat Belichick. Doesn't mean Sean McVay is not a Super Bowl caliber coach. Just didn't win. So I wouldn't write off Andy Reid for those reasons. Which running backs would you pay? What NFL predictions do you like? Because we're going to college at 11 p.m. Eastern. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, the radio.com app. Barton Simmons will discuss college football's opening weekend and the lack of parity. It's not really the opening weekend. There was week zero, which was weird. And uh, this is week one. Week zero did such good ratings that eventually we're going to have week negative one, negative two, when college football started in like late July or something. Charles Robinson of Yahoo with an update on the Ezekiel Elliott and Cowboys negotiations tweets. The two sides communicated in the late afternoon. Dallas is frustrated with the last exchange. After Saturday's momentum, the Cowboys expected more compromise to get a deal done today. It didn't happen, so it's on to Monday and a hopeful reset. Who knows where this story is going, but that speaks to how tough these contracts are for running backs, man. I just wouldn't pay them. So Zeke Elliott, let's say that he's a 350-touch guy. That he can get you 350 touches in a season. And let's say Tony Pollard is a 250 touch guy in terms of carries. Right? Zeke 350 catches and carries. Tony Pollard's 250. What's that worth? Paying Tony Pollard the minimum and paying Zeke 14 million a year. A hundred touches for a running back when you could just give the difference of those touches to someone else, to Alfred Morris or whomever. Now, Zeke is obviously way better than Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris. That is not in dispute. But if Zeke is five yards a carry and Pollard is four yards a carry and he gets 80 more carries or a hundred more carries, we're not talking about that significant of a difference here. And therein lies the rub with running backs in 2019. And I just wouldn't pay him. Because if you've got a good system, you just want young, cheap guys who are fast and healthy. That is a young man's game. I've said it like this. Running back is to football like catcher is to baseball. You don't want to pay catchers big money guaranteed through their 30s in baseball. They break down. You got to play them at first base or designated hitter and they got knee problems and they can't play as often and they're just not as good. We saw it with Buster Posey. We saw it with Joe Maurer. We're seeing with Salvador Perez in Kansas City. 
A lot of examples. Same thing with running backs. It's just a position that breaks down. Adrian Peterson is the cyborg who can be good in through his late 20s, early 30s. That is a cyborg outlier situation. The majority are not like that. So don't pay the majority as if they were the cyborg. I'm rooting for Saquon Barkley to be the cyborg because he looks like he might be. But Todd Gurley, not a cyborg. Zeke Elliott, I don't think he's a cyborg either. But the Cowboys got to get him in camp. But where they have leverages, Zeke has to report. Maybe he misses six games max, but he needs to accrue this year towards free agency. So Cowboys don't need to buckle that much. You can withstand six games of no Zeke Elliott if you need to. Now, obviously, they don't want to, but their schedule is pretty soft early, too. I know they open with the Giants, and then they're at Washington and home against Miami. So Dallas can go 2-1, and 3-0 and oh without Zeke Elliott first three weeks. Then it's at Saints, home against the Packers, at the Jets, home against the Eagles. So it's much tougher weeks four through seven. But you can get through the first three games without Zeke Elliott fairly easily. Two and one, three and oh. So I don't see, and he's got to play, he's got to report through six games anyway. So say you're two and one. Then you go one and two, Saints, Packers, Jets, and then he's got to report. You're three and three. Your season's still alive. I wouldn't be making huge concessions if I was the Cowboys here. He's going to come into camp. It's just a matter of time. 855-212-4CBS is the telephone number. In Pennsylvania, Tim is on the Danny Parkins Show on CBS Sports Radio and Radio.com. What's up, Tim? Hey, I just want to talk to you about uh, the ASC North. Sure. Um, I, the Browns are going to Browns. That's just all there's to it. Um but what are you basing that on? What history history is going to repeat itself. Yeah, but what does like Tim Couch and Johnny Manziel have to do with this year's team? It's that's all there's to it. It doesn't matter. It's Todd Haley. I'm telling you, it's Todd Haley. He is it. It's going to go sideways and quick. Right, but like you would have said the same thing about the Jaguars two years ago. The Jaguars are going to Jaguar, but then they made it to the AFC Championship game. Like I'm, I'm not a believer that just because Cleveland Brown is across their chest that they're inherently losers. I I, I, under, I understand that, but I, I just it's not going to happen. There's it's way too quiet in Pittsburgh. To it's 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 scarily quiet, and it's just. It's going to be Pittsburgh. They're going. They're going to the Super Bowl. That's just. The, that's just all there's to it. Okay, but you realize your argument here was basically just because you didn't really give an argument. You just said Cleveland's going to be bad because Cleveland, and Pittsburgh's going to be good because Pittsburgh. Yep, that's 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 all that needs to be said. Okay, thank you for the call. I would prefer a little bit more analysis, and obviously, historically, you're right about those franchises obviously but Cleveland finished really strong last year and Cleveland's got a lot of talent like I I'm a little surprised I they're getting a ton of hype but what's with 
the idea. Why, why are they fluky going five and two down the stretch? Why was that a fluke again? They changed coaches and they went five and two. Atlanta, Cincy, Carolina, Denver, Cincy losses to Houston and Baltimore, both on the road. So, you know, not exactly a murderer's row, but quality caliber opponents. Winning in Denver is tough. Beating the Falcons is tough. One, two road games, three home games. That's fine. And then you add Odell Beckham. Another year of Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I guess I don't see a lot of fluke with Cleveland. I think it's a really tough division, though. I think Pittsburgh's going to be good, and I think Baltimore's going to surprise a lot of people. Baltimore is much better than most people are giving them credit for. But I understand that I I know Steelers fans, man. I know that Pittsburgh fans are saying, you know, it's addition by subtraction, no Le'Veon Bell, no Antonio Brown, big believers in Juju Smith-Schuster and Vance McDonald and Ben Roethlisberger's on a mission and Roethlisberger canceled his weekly radio show and they got James Conner. And I know the whole narrative out of Pittsburgh. That it's quiet and it's back to business and it's back to the Steeler way and all that. Okay. That's a that's a big nostalgia argument you're making. That's not a very tangible argument. That is a that is a very intangible argument. Which okay, it might you might be right. But that's narrative based analysis. That's not talent based analysis. So I'll go with the talent over the narrative and take the Browns and the Ravens and say that the Steelers just lost too much too quickly. John here in the great city of Chicago on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, John? Hey, I got my picks for you, but uh, I don't have the Bears making the playoffs this year because uh, their schedule is one of the toughest in the league. And I mean, it's the second year in this offense and everything, and their defense is awesome, but I mean, he's, I think he's still trying to find his way in this offense, and he only knows like half of the book. So here are my picks. I've got Philadelphia coming out of the east. I've got Minnesota coming out of the north. I think they got something to prove. I like L.A. and New Orleans. Hey, like listen, you're, hey, John, I got to let you go. Your phone is a disaster. Um, as to your your thing about the, uh, the Bears' schedule, remember this when people talk about schedule. It's only two games, okay? The Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions, the only difference is two opponents. Everyone in the NFC North has to play the NFC East and the AFC West. And then if you are in first place, you play the other two first place teams from the NFC. And admittedly, for the Bears, that's obviously tough because they get the Saints and the Rams. So that is definitely tough. But that is a two-game out of 16 difference between the two teams. And you never know who's – it's all about – it's not who you play. It's when you play them, right? 
Imagine playing the Eagles with Carson Wentz, and then you get to play him without Carson Wentz. Huge difference. Now, not in the playoffs when there was Nick Foles, but overall, huge difference. By the way, shocking news, breaking news in the world of tennis. Novak Djokovic, who was the favorite to win the U.S. Open, he's been an absolutely dominant hardcourt player. He was plus 120 to win the entire U.S. Open, meaning bet 100 bucks, win 120 before the match or before before the tournament even started just retired after three sets down two to one and Novak Djokovic is getting booed off the court at the U.S. Open retiring down two sets and a break so he was playing terribly we saw this with Rafa Nadal a few majors ago when you're down and out and then you get up out of the tournament and you just retire mid-match Something wrong with his shoulder, evidently. But he was not looking like uh, like Djokovic. Medvedev won earlier today and was riling up the crowd. Would have set up for an absolutely incredible match in terms of the environment at the U.S. Open. But that is a stunner in the world of tennis. And now the U.S. Open field is, apologies for the pun in my syntax there, but wide open. Djokovic was a fairly heavy favorite to win this thing. So that is a stunner. Novak Djokovic retiring mid-match and basically conceding the match. Not basically, just conceding the match. It's called retiring in tennis. He has retired the match at the U.S. Open. That is a shocking development. We have time for one more NFL call, though. Van is in Baltimore, wants to weigh in on the AFC North conversation. Go ahead, Van. Uh, yeah, how you doing? Hey, Van, nice my bad, you. man. My clock's off in the studio. I'm evidently way up against the clock. We'll get you back in a little bit. I apologize. I got to fix the clock in here. Barton Simmons, one of the top college football analysts in the game, will join us coming up. Why is there no parody in college football and can it be solved? That's next. The Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.